0: What do you do when you don't feel like a human? Well, you turn obstacles into opportunities. That's our topic today with the author of Blue Sky Morning and the Too Tall Giraffe, Christine Mayer, on episode number 157 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller.
1: I never didn't feel like a human. Um, I never hit that low point. I really wanted to explore how that happens and how do we rebuild from it. And that was what started me with writing my book, Blue Sky Morning. Hi, this is Dr. David Phelps, the author of What's Your Next?
0: The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. Thanks for listening to Dr. Brad Miller on Beyond Adversity, helping you to navigate personal adversity and achieve personal freedom. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller here. We try to help navigate, help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's right. If you've experienced depression or divorce or disease or debt or death in your life we have over 150 episodes of our podcast at drbradmiller.com with doctors and leaders and teachers and authors who can help you to navigate through adverse conditions and to achieve a better situation in your life you can head over to drbradmiller.com to catch those old episodes though that of our library of episodes and get a free gift for you there where we can help you to overcome adversity and achieve peace of mind. Today we have a great guest with us. She is an author of two books. Uh, one is a story of about a person who overcome a disastrous automobile accident. It's called Blue Sky Morning. And then recently she's released the book The Two Tall Giraffe, which is a children's book about helping Uh, people understand that they can be delight in their differences and what your differences are can help you to have power her name is Christine Mayer she is with us today and she has a great 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 story she considers herself a story guide to help you to unpack the stories of your life and then at that process to achieve a life of freedom and success and happiness and gain impact in our world and our communities. Uh, Christine has had the challenges to face in her life. She was born with a cleft lip and a palate, which meant that she faced over 25 surgeries as an infant. And she was also a person who was small in stature, so she had some challenges that way. In her elementary school days, she was teased a bit about that. And she talks about going through those obstacles in our conversation here today, but she also tells us about the process which led her through college to become a police officer in New York City, which included serving during the time of the 9-11 disasters, where she served as a rescue worker. She was a patrol police officer in Manhattan. She served as a police academy instructor and as a sergeant in the New York City Police Department. She has been a speaker and a teacher and a guide. But uh, one of the things that happened in her life is she saw a Facebook post where someone talked about the situation of not feeling like a human. And that set Christine on a pathway to discover what it meant to be a human for herself and to how she could speak into the lives of other people. And she did so by writing her book, Blue Sky Morning, and recently her book called The Two Tall Giraffe. She talks about the power that she had when she processed things and understood that she had an opportunity to uh, take the obstacles and turn them into opportunities. She is quite a person. She really is. She has overcome all these things in her life, and now she lives her life without limits. She could, you could see her at a movie premiere, cage diving in South Africa, visiting the Great Pyramids in Egypt, or maybe climbing volcanoes of the Galapagos Islands, that she is a world traveler. She's going to make a difference in your life, and we're pleased to have her today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. You can, you can find her at her website, thechristinemayer.com, that, uh, that's spelled... Christine C H R I S T I N E M A I E R the Christine com. She is our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Let's get into our conversation with Christine Mayer right now. We have Christine Meyer who's with us here. She is the author of Blue Sky Morning and the Up upcoming book, the children's book, Too Tall Giraffe. She is has a great story to tell and a great author in terms of her story, where she has overcome some great adversity in her life, some physical problems that she had, many surgeries as a child, some issues regarding speech. Uh, she spent some time as a police officer in the New York uh, Police Department. But right now, she is all about helping you In your life, to gain clarity in your life, to help you to discover opportunities and to understand what she calls your beauty, purpose, and power. So it's my privilege uh, to welcome to our podcast today, uh, Chrissy Meyer. Chrissy, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you today, Brad?
0: Well, I'm awesome. It's so good to have you with us here on uh, Beyond Adversity. You've got quite a story to tell and you've Got a uh, book out that has to do with how it's telling a story about how someone else who overcomes some adversity, but let's hear about your life and your situation. How did a person go from being, having uh, some difficulties uh, with their physical health growing up, become a, a, involved with the New York Police Department, and now be a person who's helpful to other people to gain clarity in their life? Tell us a little bit about your story.
1: All right. Well, as you alluded to, I was born with a cleft lip and palate. I had my first surgery when I was four months old. Over the course of my life, I've had 25 surgeries just for the cleft lip and palate, um, most of those as a child. I kind of grew up just overcoming adversity. It just, it wasn't a choice, or at least it didn't feel like it. it was just, here here's life, just do it. And so I just did it. So I think that really helped me when I was also I was this small scrawny kid in school, because when you have a cleft lip, you often have feeding issues. So you know, the growth chart is a little bit, can be different. And um, I also had a learning disability. I had a lot of things not going for me as a child, but I think that I always just saw it as it's just one more thing to overcome, prove everybody else wrong. You know, whether I realized it or not, that was kind of always what I was doing and thinking.
0: So you dealt with any uh, pushback on your life, By pushing back yourself, what I'm getting at is uh, I I dealt with the speech impediment myself growing up and felt a little bit, uh, you know, put down by others and that kind of thing as well. And there is challenges that we have, children and other, whether it's in childhood with other children or adults who give us a hard time, but you just chose to push back. It sounds like, is that the case?
1: Yeah. And I think I also quickly learned to celebrate the things that were different about me instead of looking to be the same as everybody else. Uh, awesome. I can remember in third grade, I was we were playing kickball. You know, I wasn't a great player. I kicked the ball the, the pitcher gets it and throws it at me and it goes over my head. In that moment, I thought he missed me because I'm short. He's, he missed me because I'm little. I was like, so that's that's my power. My power isn't my size and big. My power is my size and being small. And so little things like that make it easier to overcome every other obstacle.
0: Well, that's awesome because I think you probably know. In working with people, a lot of people take the opposite approach. You know, they would feel, if you throw the, you know, they would feel short. They would feel inadequate. This type of thing, and so I know a part of what you're about is helping people to change their mindset and to change from to seeing themselves as being something lesser than to something, uh, you know, beautiful and powerful and that kind of thing. So you ended up somehow you ended up in the New York Police Department. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and what was you you mentioned. Uh, I understand. You know, you had some both some great experiences and some really challenging experiences. As uh, were you an actual police officer? Is that what you were?
1: Yeah, I was a police officer, um, and then I got promoted to sergeant, to, and I retired as a sergeant after okay. twenty years.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about your experiences in New York Police Department.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, I feel like some, sometimes I'm like, how did I end up there? But I, I took a test. I was a criminal justice major at Penn State. I took the test, I got called around when I was graduating. So it seemed like a, the natural step to take. It wasn't always easy, but it was often very fun, very interesting to see, you know, have that front row to life. Mm-hmm. But there were hard times. I mean, you know, not everybody has a great life going on. You know, there's a lot of people in domestic violence situations, people getting arrested because they're, they don't have money. They're just desperate mm-hmm. and they don't have the resources. So they're resorting to criminal activity. So there's things like that that are really hard and can be hard to deal with as a police officer. Also death. When you're with somebody and they find out their loved one just died, that, that, those are hard moments. Sure. There's also New York City, there's so much going on. There's so much celebration going on too. So that's the flip side where you can see the joy in people at a parade or a mm. celebration for something
0: and you were serving as a police officer during the time of the 9-11 disaster. Is that, is that the case? And
1: Yeah, I was a rookie cop.
0: Wow. Was- so tell us a little bit about how you experienced that. You know, we talk about this whole podcast about overcoming adversity. That was a natural, you know, a national disaster, but certainly a focused one in New York City. So tell us what, how you experienced that.
1: I was lucky in that I was off that day. So I was at home in bed. Um, but obviously I went into work that day. I feel like that first month, it was like this bubble of just work and just taking care of work. That was the first priority. I would, you know, come home. I would sleep for a couple hours. I was living with my parents at the time. My mother would give me food, wash my clothes, like, but everything was work. And once you you step back from it, you know, after about maybe two months, you start to realize that. You have to be part of the world. That's when you know the stress and anxiety and the depression starts to kick in with it. There was a couple months that were really rough to um, sort of deal with that. You know, I wasn't I wasn't working, so I wasn't impacted you know physically by it. Also dealing with you know all the people who were working and were impacted by it, and then you know people thinking you're a hero and you're like, I just did my job that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I signed up for it. It was never a thought in my mind on 9-11 that I wouldn't be going into work. It was just when and where and how do I how do I do that? You know, there's a lot of interesting conflicting things and it, it takes a while to sort of get to that other side of it.
0: And then in that process, then you uh, witnessed a lot of things and you were part of it yourself. And part of what I wanted to kind of unpack with you, uh, Chrissy, is how you have unpacked, these various challenges that you've had and how you've maybe seen others uh, doing it as well. Your story is one of overcoming adversity as a youngster and, and growing up and now as a police officer. So how did you end up transitioning from a police officer to what you do now as a writer and as a, an advocate for others?
1: I think I had a moment when I realized that, you know, my job was good. I enjoyed it, but there was something more out there. And I didn't know what it was. And so I started working on goals for the next year. In that process, I realized I actually, during that process, somebody had posted something on social media about not feeling like a human. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the gist of it. It really hit me because even through all of the adversity I'd been through there, you know, there've been, it it wasn't always easy. I never didn't feel like a human. Um, I'd never hit that low point. I really wanted to explore how that happens and how do we rebuild from it? And that was what started me with writing my book, Blue Sky Morning. But I wanted to write it from a different perspective because I didn't want it to be somebody who had dealt with the diversity before I wanted somebody who hadn't dealt with it before. Yes. And it all of a sudden falls in their lap. So the idea is that this character has a pretty good life and then and then the um, car accident just changes it and she's got to find her way back to herself again. Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, we kind of live in a world where tragedy and adversity can ha- happen to us. And uh, suddenly, you know, uh, I've, for instance, you know, the whole pandemic situation happened to everybody. All it wants no matter if your life was going cool great or going crummy at the time, all of a sudden you had to adjust. Certainly people in New York City, when 9-11 happened, those planes crashed. And in Washington, D.C., you had to you know, adjust to that in my own life, just not too long ago, my own personal secretary was killed in a car accident. So I've had to deal with that church has to do with that. And me personally, and her family, of course, the suddenness of that happening. So let's talk for a minute about how you had this moment when you wanted to be a, you, I think you termed it how to be a human or the human aspect here. So you had to make a decision then to do something about that. What did yeah. you do? What, I forget how you phrased it exactly, but you know, how, how did you choose? What actions did you take to move from whatever that feeling of less than human or not human or whatever it was to being human? What, what kind of things did you do?
1: Part of it is recognizing what's going on. I think a lot of people, they don't feel like they're human or th- whatever feeling they have, and they don't even know it. They just, they just don't feel right. Once they recognize it, that is really the first step because from there you can unpack it. You can find out what story is creating that and create a new story in the future. That's a simple way to do it, but that's really what the process is. But if you don't know what's going on, you can't take that first step
0: of recognizing things.
1: Yeah. And I think I know, um, in the last year at my job, I had, I was having a tough time every day. I would just say, there's a lesson here. You don't know what it is and you don't care what it is today, but there's a lesson. And one day you're going to know what it is. It just took the sting off of it a little bit. And it told me that it's going to be okay. Even though you don't know what the problem is, you will. And even though you don't know the solution as you will.
0: So I'm hearing you say at least two things here. One is to, Uh, have your antenna up, your awareness up to to recognize that there's an issue here and I got to either do something about it or, or choose to, to live with it. And then the notice, the blessings, notice the gratitude, notice the learning that takes place, even in the midst of difficult times. And I think a lot of folks have experienced adversity as a learning experience if they choose to, and to come out to a better place. So that's awesome that, that, that you did that. It sounded like writing was a part of that process for you as well. Was that a part of what you did as well to help to kind of process things?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I've, on and, I've journaled on and off for years. And so I think writing is kind of a natural progression of that because it's just, um, I mean, I write fiction. So I'm creating a story out of somebody else's journal, what's in their head to give insight to other people.
0: Because you, you emphasize that you are a story guide. So when you say you're a story guide, what does that mean? You try to help people unpack their story? Is that to help me understand what you look to do there?
1: Yeah. So it's um, understanding their story, unpacking their story, because there's a story at every story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not, you know, if you feel like you're ugly, there's somebody who in the past who probably told you, you you were ugly in one way or another. You know, that didn't, you don't just come up with that on your own out of thin air. There, there's something there. So once you unpack that, you can redefine it. You can redefine it into beauty in your own terms. Because beauty is not just the outside of us. It's the inside of us. It's the our souls. It's our heart. It's our intentions. One person's definition is not everybody's definition. The more we love ourselves and others, the more that we see the beauty in them.
0: Well, beauty and, and just uh, physical beauty as an attribute is very from the exterior, external is very subjective, but yeah. the internal it can be, uh, you know, objective. You can make it your your own. You can uh, claim your own uh, beauty and your own uh, clarity about your own your own life. So th- that's awesome. So appreciate that. So part of what you help others then is helping to unpack their story and recognize things. Are there any exercises or any ways that you help people to do that? Because uh, what I'm getting at here, Chrissy, is so many people are kind of numb. They're kind of cocooned or they're kind of in that pattern. They're on a, they're in a you know, they're just punching the time clock, so to speak, and getting through day to day. How can you help people then to gain clarity, gain awareness? How can you do that?
1: Yeah, it, it can be as easy as listing down all of those stories. I mean, you don't have to write the whole story, but um, I would call it a label. Mm -hmm. um, just listing them down and even coming back to that list two days later, you're going to add more things to it. That's where the awareness comes in. And that's that first piece of it. It's actually acknowledging them. It's the writing them down, you know, reinforces it in your brain. And so so that, that's the first thing that I usually do with people.
0: That's awesome. So writing down, make a list labels. I'd love that the way you use that terminology there and how that's a, a real tool to use. How labels can sometimes be considered, you know, sometimes it can be considered a negative thing depending on what the label is. But if we relabel ourselves, so to speak, is what I'm hearing. Hearing you. Yeah. Today.
1: Yeah, because every label has a negative side and a positive side. So okay. you know, the next thing would be finding finding the positive in it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're talking about being cognizant of kind of working on your inner life you know, as helping that in how the, you can translate that into how that is expressed to other people. And the inner life uh, has to do with all kinds of things. Is there any way that you either personally uh, or advocate some connection to something greater than yourself? It might be spiritual life. It might be journaling. It might be meditation anything along, along this line and how you try to center your, yourself uh to think about some power beyond yourself that helps to energize you.
1: Yeah. I'm a believer. I, I was uh, raised Catholic. So I'm, and I know that Christian is a little bit different and the beliefs and the, there's some differences in religion, but it all comes down to God. Mm-hmm. And he is our guiding light. Every time that I've ever questioned what I was doing or where I was going somewhere in some way, there's, there's been God, a message from God telling me that I'm on the right track, or maybe I'm not on the right track. Everybody hears that message in a different way. It's just being receptive when you're listening, because there's times when we're, we're looking for that message, and that's when God's going to send it. When, when we're, you know, having a good time and, you know, kind of things are lighter, he may not be there in that same way. But when we're doing that deep work, I think that's when he appears and tells us, you know, which way we should be going and, and pushes us in the right direction mm-hmm. if we're connected with him.
0: Well, and that, uh, deep work uh, as you call it is where we sometimes get what, you know, some people call maybe call it a calling or holy discontent. I've also heard it called that, you know, that, that sense of unrest that you have, that you got to do something different and it has to come from someplace and we have to pay attention to it. I think I love what you said earlier about, uh, paying attention and about and you know, noticing things and I think a part of the inner life drawing on a spiritual power that helps us to uh, to do that if we pay attention but also what and uh, I'm a believer as well and the that the uh spiritual message then gives us power to do what we have to do because on our own account it's tough it's tough to do on our own would you agree with that
1: Definitely. Cause there are times when I, I've been like, you know what, this, this book's really hard to write. Yes, <laughs> I could go be watching Netflix, but the the those times when I feel connected and I know that God's telling me this is the right path. Those are the times when, you know, when I'm like, Netflix is great. I'm like, no, this is, this is my purpose. This is why I'm yes. here. One
0: well, other part of this, I believe uh, Chrissy is um, the emotional component. You know, we, you've mentioned, um, We've talked a little bit about you know taking some action, you know, listening, learning, writing some things down, and then listening to the spiritual component. But the emotional component, how is how we relate to other people? And you mentioned a little bit about that growing up. But how do you think uh, relationships, good, bad, or otherwise, some interpersonal, you know, or sometimes maybe mentorship, sometimes even books or conferences and that type of thing? How does building relationships? especially loving, caring relationships, how does that uh, fuel you? How does that help you to keep moving in this whole process, accountability or otherwise?
1: I'm one of those people who could kind of, you know, pandemic didn't affect me that much. I'm like, I can sit in my apartment all the time and do just take care of things on my own. But I've also realized the more I'm in community with other people, the more I accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just in terms of, you know, a task list. But the more I accomplish with people in general, the more people that I can reach, even in our solitude and people who like that, that can feel great at times, but we have to be in the world because that's where change happens. I I think even for people who are a little bit scared of that, all that interaction and that emotional attachment to people, it's still where the magic happens.
0: There are people who are extroverts and introverts, and most people are somewhere in between. And yet... uh, Many people who are introverted, you know, my wife is this way, she talks about how she's an introvert for the most part, but she takes her sustenance and her power from her uh, solitude, but then has to, you know, be in connection with others as well in order to share that and to interact with that. And where other people may extrovert may find their power and their energy from, you know, partying all the time or whatever it, it, it would be. But I think we have a responsibility and an opportunity, as you said, to be in community. And that's where life happens. You know, you know, we, we need our solitude, we need life to happen. And especially when we feel, if we are feel loved and have received love, that's an emotional jazz us up. So is there anybody, any, any people in your life that you have accountability to, or have some relationship with that help you keep this, creative juices going at this type of thing?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously I have my family um, Mm -hmm. who isn't, you know, in this kind of space. They're like, okay, Chrissy's writing a book and Chrissy's doing whatever crazy thing Chrissy wants to do. And they're supportive of it, but it's not their thing. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. But I have some great friends actually around the world that I've met, you know, through the internet, through traveling, they give me perspective of the world and they remind me of why things are important and why it's important to continue. But I also have, you know, I'm also part of masterminds where I'm working with people who are in a more similar place and, you know, with businesses and books and all these pieces that or
0: more like-minded people with some similar trajectories in life, this type of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they're the ones who I think keep me on track when I'm like, when the squirrel comes by and I'm trying to write my book, Um, they help me get, Help help me get focused back on what's important, well, and so awesome. it's good to have these different types of people in your life.
0: And then, of course, it seems to me you're looking to make a contribution in other people's life and people you work with through your website, uh, thechristinemeyer.com, and we'll give that out here again a little bit here. But how uh, you're reaching out to people, so that's awesome. Let's talk for a minute, uh, Chrissy, about disciplines and habits and rituals and um, practices. You've already mentioned a couple of those about journaling, for instance. Let's talk about any ways that you have had found. I like to think of this as kind of the cognitive part, you know, the place, the application part, how we take yeah. all this swirling stuff in our brain and our mind and, and we apply it, we make it happen, you know, we do it. Tell us about any uh, routines, habits, practices, disciplines you may have in your life that you find helpful that might be helpful to other people.
1: Um, you know, one of the things that I, I've done as an adult when Lent comes every year, is I give up something, you know, at first I was doing it for God. And then I realized that this is actually an opportunity for me to give up something to better my life, which is serving God. And so this year, I actually, I've been having trouble sleeping and I keep saying, you know, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to, you know, all these great habits I'm going to do, and I don't actually do any of them. And I actually set up one where I don't touch my phone at night which was something that I, I had to do with my job before I retired. I, I had oh. to keep an eye on my phone. So it's a bad habit that I had to break. And I, amazing how you just set a time period. It's 40 days and it's already changing my sleeping.
0: Well, that's awesome. And well, the four, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go
1: ahead. So, so sometimes it's just setting a goal for a period of time and following it. And that can just change your life.
0: Well, I love the forty-day analogy of uh, the Lenten period, and because there's a lot of studies, uh, uh, Chrissy, and you probably know about this, about how if you commit, you know, try to uh, crank up your willpower for that forty days, for instance, then something that you that you do during your willpower period then can eventually become an ingrained habit. Yep. Uh, some people call it 21 days and other things like this, but I, I uh, 40 days is basically a six week period or five or six week period. Of course, in the Christian Lenten year, it is six weeks, you almost, uh, right near six weeks. And if you are able to do something for around that amount of time, it can become a part of your life and yeah. trans and transformative. Like you said, it's not just a spiritual, uh, you know, God, Jesus thing. It is a personal transformation thing.
1: Yeah. And every time I've done it, the results have lasted well past the 40 days.
0: Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, that, that I think that's kind of the point, you know, the 40 day fast or whatever it would be yeah. helps in build a habit. And you've mentioned basically when you put your phone away, that's a form of fasting. You know, the way I like to look at it, you know, you have excluded yourself from some habit or pleasure in life and you replaced replaced with something better in this case, sleep. So yeah, that's awesome. Now, when you work with other people on your website, the com, when people come to you, Chrissy, what are they looking for? Where are they at? And what are you able to offer uh, to them? What can people find when they come to you?
1: Often they want to change their mindset. They know that they have too much negative thoughts and they're not accomplishing what they want to, you know, that's the most common thing that I'm, that I'm seeing. The, or the common thread no matter what they say they're coming to me for. you know for that it, it's it's daily small daily practices is what I start them off with and it, it could be reading a book, it could be journaling. everybody needs something slightly different because everybody has a different style and a different need and a different way to connect with themselves. It's taking a small task every day that changes that mindset. It takes time, but it's that dedication to it. And that's why you start with something small.
0: Well, and let's, so let's, let's go with that for a second. Let's talk about maybe a person or situation you have worked with where you've seen someone you've worked with been able to do that to achieve some success. Can you just tell us a story about somebody you may have worked with? You don't have to give any names, of course, this type of thing, but any situation you may where you've seen this transformation take place.
1: Yeah. I I've been um, working with somebody for Quite a while. Who really? They they've got a lot going on. Seeing her recognize it and seeing her kind of get rid of the toxic things in her life and taking a stand with them. It's been rewarding to see her reap the rewards from it, and reap and that reward being freedom. It doesn't make everything else pretty, you know. When we when we're in tough times, we have to go through the tough times. The freedom that comes out of it she feels it every day, even though she's, you know, still walking that road and going through, you know, the desert, so to speak.
0: Well, as you uh, say on on your website, you like to help people become beautiful and fearless and free. And you mentioned that. And so that's an awesome sentiment there. And and i believe it's the sentiment basically of your book blue sky morning and uh, that's a fictional work i understand and then but it really says a lot about these concepts we've been talking about today doesn't it
1: yes it's uh it's all in there in little bits and pieces as you know emily goes traveling around the world all these lessons pop up in different ways and places and people
0: and your book is available on amazon and other places like that and then your upcoming book is the about the the giraffe the too tall giraffe give us just a give us a snippet about that book
1: yeah it's about a giraffe named savannah who starts going to a new school where she is as the title would make, make you guess too tall for the other kids because she's different they're kind of scared of her and they don't want to play with her they don't want to work with her. And then one day she has the opportunity to help them. And I'm not going to tell you what happens, but at the end, everybody realizes the value that Savannah brings to their school and their community. They celebrate her differences. Yes.
0: So there'll be a lesson there in that. And so we look forward to that. So your website is Christine, the Christine uh, Meyer.com. What are people going to find if they go there?
1: Uh, they're gonna find uh, my books there. I do some coaching there. You'll find out information about that. I have a resource on there right now called the Focus Journal that's gonna help kind of with that mindset that small daily task every day you can that's a free download I have some a lot more stuff coming with the two solid giraffe um, as I get ready to ramp that up coming out this summer
0: awesome Well, we'll look forward to hearing more about that and it's just been a pleasure to have you with us a great story that you have to tell about this transition you made in your life from childhood through working with the police and now making it just a real uh, effort to be helpful to people, especially uh, helping them. And I love your way well, you put it, become beautiful, fearless, and free. So our uh, it's been a pleasure to have you with us today. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity, Christine Meyer from the christinemeyer.com. A great big thank you to Christine Mayer, who was our guest today on Beyond Adversity. She blogs at the... Christine com. and we'll put uh, connections in our show notes to her books, Blue Sky Morning and The Too Tall Giraffe, in our show notes at drbradmiller.com, where you can find a free gift that we have for you there, and lots of back episodes of the podcast to help you in your process, your uh, opportunity to navigate. Adversity and to come out to a better place. Just a couple of takeaways from our conversation with Christine I wanted you to pay attention to. One of them was about labels. She talked about oh, yeah, how everybody has it's kind of a negative label, but also a positive label. And she works in her process of her coaching that she can do with you to help you discover your positive labels and list down the positive things about your life and about the lives of others in your life. And to write them down and to label things in such a way to help you to remember and recall and to apply them to your life. I also want you to notice that she notices obstacles and what many would people call weaknesses as an opportunity for uh, power and for resources. What makes you different gives you power. She noticed that in being a person short in stature in her life and how she was able to have a challenging career as a police officer. She noticed it in having a cleft palate and dealing with the difficulties that way and how she now is a writer and a public speaker and t- turning those things, turning them around, turning around your difficulties and making them successful. Love that in their process. and You certainly find that theme in both of her books, Blue Sky Morning and The Two Tall giraffe you're going to love uh, what she has to offer and you can check her out at the christine here at beyond adversity we're here to be helpful to you to help you to overcome things such as depression or divorce disease debt or death and to take action in your life to connect with a higher power to serve your spiritual needs to think with discipline and to serve others with love we have a process we call it the 40 day way process You can head over to to Dr. Brad Miller for more about that. We're here to be helpful and to speak into your life. It all starts with making a promise, though, friends. It starts with making the promise to change. You have to do that part of things. You you, you have to choose not to be stuck in your life. You have to choose to navigate through adversity. So it's all about making a promise and then keeping a promise because there is power in a promise kept. We're here to help at drbradmiller.com. So until next time, friends, when we meet again here on Beyond Adversity, this is Dr. Brad Miller. I want to encourage you to continue to do all the good that you can.